I'm just passionate to share uh, this message with you. And so if I don't seem like myself, um, I'm not totally myself. But, you know, sometimes you, you don't feel well and you're like, you know what, I'm not going to stand for this. Um, we, just, we just announced that we're church home and I got something to say. And sometimes you're just sick because you're sick. And then other times you're like, you know what? I'm not feeling well. And I got a hunch. It's not from God. It's never from God. It might be from the other place. And uh, I am just going to resist this. So uh, is that okay? I'm, I'm, I might even sit in the chair a little bit. So, but I'm here. And we're here. And we're together. And um, I, I just... I love you so much, and thank you for taking time out of your life and your schedule to be here. Um, there's a lot going on in our world and a lot going on in our country, and what we need more than ever is Jesus and the love of Jesus and the person of Jesus. So if you're new to this experience, my name is Judah, and along with my wife of 18 years and um, over 100 staff including David Kroll, who just came down the middle aisle, who I love so much and just had a baby. Well, David didn't, but his wife, Jenna, had a baby. You're both in camo. Is, that, is, that, is your sweater kind of camo? Okay, I'm like, am I, am I really, am I? Whoa, we have camo pastors. This is, you're in the army of the Lord. This is awesome. Well, that's great. Um, love you guys. So, if you're new to this experience, we're really glad that you're here. Uh, I'm going to take the next few minutes, and we're going to talk from this book, the Bible. And uh, in fact, I don't know if you can see this, but um, the staff gave me a church home Bible. I don't know if can, is there any way that you could see it's embossed with church home? Let's see if you can see this. Can you see it? Can you see it? There it is. Yes. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> Even has my name on it, so it's pretty awesome. All right, we're going to go to John and chapter 14. John and chapter 14, and um, begin reading here in verse 1. And we're doing uh, a study here of this particular portion of Scripture, and we've titled these talks um, Home for Humanity, Home for Humanity. If you, and if you haven't heard, um, the City Church, we're still here. Uh, we have a new name, Church Home. And I drove past our new signs a couple days ago, and I thought, oh my word, my only fear is that someone will drive by and go, wow, that's a bummer, City Church is gone. Um, we're, we're, we're not gone, we've just uh, updated our name, and uh, we're now Church Home, we're still here, and if you don't mind, uh, we're gonna be here for a long time. Deal? I love this city, don't you love Seattle? Don't you love this time of year? Oh, my word, I love this time of year. The, I definitely sound like I'm 40, but I love this time of year. I love the leaves changing, and I love, I, I just, I'm, I'm ready for the cold. I'm ready for, like, layering. Fashion needs layers, you know? Like, it's just so important. So, okay. John chapter 14, we'll begin reading in verse 1. The words of Jesus now, we're, uh, we're jumping in on the Last Supper. The most famous dinner in human history is literally happening in front of us. It ranges from about John in chapter 11 to about John chapter 19. 
And um, I'm sure you've heard of it, the Last Supper, you've seen the painting, that sort of thing. We're jumping in now, and Jesus says this at the dinner table. He says, let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and will take you to myself, that where I am, you may be also. Now notice this next verse, verse four. Jesus says, and you know the way to where I'm going. I wanna underscore that in your reading this morning. You know the way to where. You know the way to where I'm going. The way to where. If I had like a separate title for this talk, it would be the where and the way. You know the way to where. Jesus combines the way and the where. Thomas says this, Lord, we, we do not know where you're going, period. How can we know the way? Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. What an amazing statement about himself. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you had known me, you would have known my Father also. From now on, you do know him and you've seen him. Jesus is saying, I'm, I'm right in front of you, Thomas. And Philip will go on. Both Thomas and Philip, who don't get a lot of airtime in the Bible narrative, both kind of have a low moment here, and it's recorded for human history, and they're now in eternity like, really, God? Like, could we have gotten a little bit like more positive airtime? But it's cool. Philip goes on and says, Lord, well, just show us the Father, and then it will be enough. And Jesus, exasperated, later says, how can you say, show us the Father? I'm right in front of you. I am the Father, the Father and the Son, we are one in the Spirit. I'm, I'm literally in front of you. Would you join me in prayer as we prepare? Jesus, thank you for the moments that we share. Lord, I ask for strength in my physical body to articulate what you want to say to our church and our community. We thank you that you are present and you're in this room and you make all the difference in our life. We thank you, Lord, for bye week. Help us to get all healed and healthy for the Seattle Seahawks and help everyone in our division um, lose today. That would, be, that would be great and certainly help the Patriots lose. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I feel good about that. Kind of a, kind of a rough weekend. Maybe that's why I'm not feeling good. The Cougars and the Huskies lost. Like I was so pumped about the Apple Cup until Friday and Saturday, so, uh, but it's gonna be good. We're gonna win out and the Apple Cup is gonna be great and the, the Huskies will come back and, um, and that'll be great. Are you bummed? You don't seem like you even care, so that's cool. <laughs> so that's super, that's super cool. Um, I have a prayer list right now and it, it started several months ago and I just, I felt like God said, hey, I want you to, I want you to ask big. And maybe you were at the celebration um, our 25th anniversary, and I kind of shared a, a letter that, that, or a note that I felt like God kind of gave me for our church. And, and in that, I felt like God was saying, hey, I want you to ask big. I want you to believe. And so I've started a, a brand new prayer list. And I haven't had a prayer list um, in a long, long time, but it's, it's all these things that I'm asking God for. And it's like big stuff. In fact, I, I, we, Chelsea and I pray together, and oftentimes I do the prayer list with her, and there's several things in there. She's like, I don't really want that, so I'm not agreeing with you. But, um, 
you know, and that's fine, whatever. Obviously, God will answer my prayers and not hers. Um, but uh, one of the things on my prayer list is uh, it's about my golf game. It's actually one of the most important things on my prayer list. And it was about this summer. I prayed this summer that um, I would win uh, our local golf championship and, uh, at, 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 a, at, a, at a golf club, and I prayed that I would shoot in the 60s, that I would shoot under par this summer. Um, neither one of those things happened. In fact, it, it gets worse. I was playing in our local golf tournament, and um, I had a really good chance of winning until the last three holes, where if you're a golfer, you understand this terminology. I went uh, bogey, uh, double bogey, and um, happy birthday, uh, triple bogey. So um, I didn't win, just in case you were wondering. And at the, at the end of the tournament, um, and now at the end of the summer, like I, I, it's on my prayer list still. Lord, help me shoot in the 60s this summer. Help me win the golf tournament. And, 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 and God didn't answer at all. Um, in fact, it's, 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 it's worse. I, I might've, it might've happened until the last three holes. Now, at this point you're thinking like, Judah, relax, like it's just golf. Um, and I, to that I would say, you relax. <laughs> you relax. It's my prayer list, it's not yours. So, so leave me alone. Um, like, don't leave right now, but, you know, um, I got upset, you know, and I was upset with myself, and, and, and maybe this is bad to admit, maybe I'm really not feeling well, but I was like, really, God? You know, like, we, I thought we had, like, a thing, you know? I thought, I thought we had, like, an agreement. You told me to make a prayer list. I did. I asked you for it multiple times, and I could see, I could see that I was going to win, and then, and then... And then what happened? Where were you? You know, you, you left me. You departed from me. Now, you're thinking like, Judah, you, you really shouldn't be this emotional. Like, you know, God answers prayer, and then sometimes he doesn't answer prayer, and you need to, again, you need to relax. But, but I was really worked up about the fact that God didn't answer my prayer, and I shouldn't be, right? I'm like, I'm 39 now, by the way. On Monday, I turned 39. Can you believe that? Don't clap. Oh, God, don't clap. You know, it's like, maybe that's why I don't feel very good. It's like I'm facing 40, whether I like it or not. Um, it's the beginning of my 40th year, isn't it? My word, Jenna and I went to high school together. Can you believe it, Jenna? Here we are, right? My word, your husband has gray hair. I mean, this is just our life. <laughs> What can we do about it? Tell you what, you are the gray hawk. Um, what does that mean? Anything could happen. Like, I, I can't feel my face. I don't feel very good. So anything could happen. You cannot hold this Sunday against me. I'll tell you that. <laughs> Even a pastor needs a, a down day. Okay. But, um, yeah, so I kind of got frustrated a little bit, you know, w with the Lord. I guess that ever happened to you? Have you ever, like, you know, prayed for something asked for something, and then like you, you don't get it, or, or worse, you, you can kind of like, it's, it's right there in front of you, and then you, you miss out on it. Have you ever prayed to get married, only to get married, and then maybe go through divorce? You ever prayed for a child, only to you know, lose that baby in pregnancy? Have you ever had pain like that? We're, we're laughing about a golf game, but it's, it's, it's real, isn't it? The pain of, Lord, I, I felt like, you know, your book says to ask you for stuff. And, I mean, you ever read that scripture? You have not because you ask not. 
You know, that's the scripture you read, and then you go start going, wow, all right, I'm just gonna start asking God for everything. And you, you, you get it, or you don't get it, and you have it, and then you lose it, and it's like, God, this is painful. This is difficult. I want to, if we can, lean into that reality for those of us that are following Jesus and talk to Jesus. If we were honest, we would admit that there are those days where what you ask for doesn't happen. Or worse, what you ask for, you get only to lose it. And those are difficult days, those are difficult moments, those are difficult times. And I want to um, lean into that and think about that this morning if we can, because I actually think that at this most famous dinner in human history, Jesus gives us a clue into why we feel so much pain, why we feel so much disappointment. I don't want to dismiss your pain or your disappointment this morning. There are people literally right now sitting here, and you are in one of those moments. You are in one of those days. Jesus says, let your heart not be troubled. It's like easier said than done, Jesus. My heart is troubled. I had a friend lose a family member yesterday. We lost a dear friend of ours that volunteered at our church yesterday. Like life is fleeting, it's painful, it's challenging. And so maybe you feel troubled today. If you do feel troubled, this message is for you. Of course, we've talked about this passage. Jesus, Jesus says, don't, don't be troubled because I there's a house, there's a home that I'm preparing for you. This is not your home. You're here temporarily, but you're on your, on your way home. Remember, you don't fit here. And then Jesus says, don't be troubled because I've prepared a place for you. I've done for you what you cannot do for yourself. I, I took upon myself your sin, your error, and your wrong. I, I, I've prepared a place called righteousness for you, and you can receive it just by believing, right? I've prepared a place, and then... Jesus says, I know, or you know, or we know the way and the where to where I'm going. The way and the where. Don't be troubled because you know the way and you know where we're going. What is Jesus saying? Well, notice he, he combines where and way, way and where? Why is that significant? Jesus is telling the disciples something that's absolutely imperative for us to underscore and understand. He is saying, you, you know the destination of life, and you know how to get there. Don't be troubled. You're going to go through troubling times. You're going to go through pain. You're going to go through loss, but you actually know the point of life, and you know how to get there. That's quite a statement. Right? I mean, we're all sitting here as human beings trying to figure out this thing called life. And Jesus says to the now 11 disciples present, Judas has gone off to prepare his betrayal, but there are 11 young men sitting in front of Jesus having eaten a meal. And Jesus says, you know the point of life, you know the destination, and you know how to get there. Don't be troubled. And Thomas, such a classic human being, and, you know, we can belittle Thomas or we can relate to Thomas. He says, no, 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 no. We don't know where you're going, period, and how can we know the way? 
You can hear Thomas like, Jesus, I hate when you talk like this. We, did, we don't know what you're talking about. Why are you doing this? You say don't be troubled, and then you speak in troubling terms. Right? Like, no, we don't know the point of life. We don't know how to get there. Jesus looks at Thomas, and notice he's not like, Thomas, calm down. Behave. Have a good attitude. Where's your gratitude? You know, like, he just says, I am. Anytime Jesus opens up his mouth and says, I am, we should always pay attention, but we should pay attention a little extra. He is revealing himself. He says, Thomas, I'm, I'm the destination. I'm the way to get there. Now we hear, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and much has been made of I am the way, the truth, and the life, but the simplest interpretation of that is Jesus is answering, if you will, Thomas' question. He's saying, Thomas, I'm the point of life, and I am how to get there. Wait, what? And then, and then Philip goes on, and Philip goes, just, well, just, you speak of the Father, show us the Father, and then it will be enough. And Jesus, now getting a little exasperated, he goes, Philip, how can you even say that? How can you say, show me the Father? I'm right in front of you. I am the Father. I am home. I am the way. I am life. I am the truth, right? And no wonder John at the beginning of his gospel, John 1, 1, in the beginning was the word. And the word was with God and the word was God. And John wants to introduce to us immediately that Jesus is the fullness of the Godhead in bodily form. He is righteousness. He is goodness. He is grace. He is truth. He is all in one. And I kind of feel better about myself this morning. I'm not going to lie. Because these guys, Thomas and Philip, they had been living, eating, walking, talking with Jesus for almost three years. And at a dinner, what do they say? When Jesus says, hey, don't be troubled. You know the point of life and you know how to get there. Kind of like, right guys? And Thomas is like, no we don't. And he almost is like a spokesman for the other 11. They're like, yeah, what he said. We don't know. And Jesus is like, we've been together for three years and you don't know? And Philip takes it further and he's like, well, if you showed us a little bit more, then it would be enough. And he's like, more? I've been with you for three years. And you can't see the forest for the trees. No wonder, right? Do you feel encouraged this morning if you're like, yeah, I kind of have issue with God. Yeah, I kind of struggle with my faith. Be encouraged. So did the guys who physically, literally, actually walked with Jesus for three years. And Jesus has to spell it out in plain terms. Guys, do I have, I'm the way. Wait, what? I'm the point of life. You are? And I'm how to get there. Really? Really? Yeah, I am the Father. Uh, show us a little bit more, and then we'll... He's like, Philip! Ah! You have no lines in this story except bad ones. You know, like... <laughs> poor Philip. Peter has a lot of bad lines, but he has some really good ones, too. Remember the one where it's like, and I'm going to build my church on what you just said. Peter's like, awesome. And then he says something really dumb right after that, and Jesus is like, you're like Satan. Get behind me. So, like, <laughs> Peter has his moments, right? Philip just gets generally bad ones. 
So does Thomas. You remember Thomas, right? Th Thomas later is the guy like Jesus has, has resurrected and Thomas is like comes late to the party in the locked room. Remember, they're all scared and, and Thomas is like, I will not believe unless I put my hand in, in, in his hands that are pierced in his side and then Jesus walks through the wall and appears. He's like, Thomas, you wanna do it now? And Thomas is like, oh, my bad, right? So that's this guy, all right, Thomas. Jesus is telling them now in plain terms, I'm, I'm the point of life. I don't know if you can see it, and it took me some time to see it, but verse four, Jesus, even in the original language, seems to combine again the way and the where. He's saying where you're going is me, and the way to get there is me. Now notice what Thomas does in verse five. You can see this in your Bible, or you can see it on the Sky Bible. It says, Lord, we do not know where you're going, period. And then he says, how can we know the way, question mark. Isn't that interesting? What Jesus combines, Thomas splits. What Jesus combines, Thomas separates. Jesus says, this is a one-stop shop. I am where you're going, and I'm the way to get there. Thomas, maybe without even knowing it, interesting, isn't it, that the recorders of Scripture, John, the beloved here, in his gospel, puts it in two sentences. It's telling us something, that oftentimes what Jesus combines in himself, what he fulfills in himself, we often, based on our nature and our human experience, we separate. Jesus says, I am the way, and I am where you're going. And Thomas goes, what? Lord, we don't, how can we know where you're going, period? We don't know the point of life. And how do we get there? And Thomas is doing something that we often do. We split and separate what Jesus in himself combines. And without knowing it, without knowing it, and I'm not saying we always mean to do this, Jesus becomes a means to an end. Now, I don't blame you for this, and let's not blame ourselves, but this is our human nature, right? And I'm gonna try to stand up here. If I throw up, we'll just keep moving on, okay? <laughs> I am a little dizzy, but we're, we're gonna be just fine. If I pass out, just pray for me. If this is the destination of life, and this is the way to get there, Jesus says, it's all me. I am home, and I am the way to get there. Now, Jesus also, without even saying it specifically, he also puts heaven in perspective, doesn't he? In fact, Jesus is telling us something, that the point and destination of this life is actually not heaven. Heaven only matters because he's there. Heaven is actually not our home. Clearly, he is our home. He says, I go to my father's house. I'm going to come back, and I'm going to take you where? It should say to my father's house, but he says, I'm going to take you to myself. So he's saying what makes the father's house the father's house is that the father is there, and you get to be with him. The house, heaven, eternity is, is nothing without him. So, so Jesus is the point of life, and the way to get to Jesus is Jesus. How's that? How do you like them apples? But what do we do in this life? 
whether knowingly or unknowingly, Jesus becomes a means to an end. For instance, maybe you were invited by a friend to come to church and you thought to yourself, church would probably be a good thing for me. Church could probably improve my life a little bit. You know, I've tried a lot of things. I've never tried church. I should try church. I should try religion. I should try spirituality. I should try to kind of get more, I don't know, uh, mystical. That would be a good thing. And so you've come to church and you're hearing a preacher who's not totally himself, but you're listening, you're like, this is good. This is gonna improve my overall human experience. And now religion, God, Jesus, again, this is not a wrong thing, this is, this is actually more normal and natural, becomes an additive to improve our experience. And then you find out that perchance there might be this place called heaven and hell. You either go up or you go down. And we all prefer to go up. So Jesus becomes this aid so that when we do die, we assure that we go up and not down. Right, we want sunshine, not darkness. Right, we want non-smoking and not smoking. You seen those bumper stickers? I mean, they get me every time. Is that helping anyone? But anyways, eternity, smoking or non? <laughs> it's like, come on. Anyways, Jesus becomes, and if you're here today and you're like, wow, that, I guess that's kind of one of the reasons I'm here. It makes sense, frankly. It makes sense. I just think we're missing the point. Now, for those of us that are here and you're like, you know, Jesus for me, Judah, it's not, you know, it's, it's not just a, 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 a means to an end. Like, I, I love Jesus, I have a relationship with Jesus, and I pray to Jesus, and Jesus has answered a lot of my prayers. I've seen miracles, I've seen healings, I've seen deliverance, I've seen people who didn't have a job get a job. Like, Jesus is real, and he is literally, he's working and moving in my life, and I love him. And I think that's awesome. But if we're not careful, even those of us, you know, you love Jesus and you've seen the miracles of Jesus, if we're not careful, Jesus also becomes a means to an end, i.e., winning your golf tournament. And why am I so troubled when I don't? Because Jesus, you told me to ask and I did and you didn't do it. And what am I, what am I, proving about myself, that Jesus oftentimes still, I'm not saying that disappointment isn't real, but big picture, if Jesus becomes a means to just save our marriage or just get the raise we want or just get the job we want, I'm not mad at you. I'm just going to tell you the truth. You are going to be troubled in this life. You are heading down a road that will ultimately, almost always, if not surely, lead you to disappointment. Why? Because the point of this life is actually not your job. The point of this life is actually not your comfortability. It's not just your tranquility. Jesus says, I'll give you peace that passes understanding. Why do we need peace that passes understanding? Because if we just have peace based on understanding, we're not going to have a lot of peace because this doesn't make any sense down here, and I feel troubled. Jesus says, I'm going to give you peace that's beyond your circumstance, that's beyond your current job status 
or marriage status or emotional status or physical status. I'm going to give you peace that goes beyond your current flu. Okay, that was a little too personal. But I'm going to give you peace. Peace even when you're dizzy and you're preaching. Peace. We need, what is that? Where does that peace come from? Why does he keep telling these 11 guys, hey, don't be discouraged, don't be troubled. How can we not be? You say you're leaving, and then you speak in terms we don't understand. Jesus is saying, remember, this life, it's about me. What's Jesus saying? He's saying, I'm going to go now, but I want you to keep living the way we've been living for these three years. Listen to what he's saying. You know the way and you know where. You know the destination. You know how to get there. Keep living. I'm not going to be physically, visibly here, but I want you to keep living as if I am. Later, he will tell them, I'm going to give you my spirit that will live on the inside, and I want you to live following me. I want you to live every morning, wake up, and keep asking, Jesus, where are we going to go today? Jesus, what's the plan? I know I won't be there, but I'll be there, and I want you to keep living like that because that's the point of life. Have you in your own heart, have you separated what's been combined in Jesus? He is the point of life. Colossians 1, can I, can I read this to you? Colossians 1, I believe it's verse 16. For by him all things were created in heaven and earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things Listen now, we're created through him and for him. I had a friend recently asked me, and I don't pretend to have the answer to this, but he said, why why are we here, man? Like, why are we here? I was like, well, that's a a loaded question. He goes, yeah, why are we here? Why, okay, if there's a God, why did he make us? And I said, well, I said, there's the scripture in the Bible that says, before the foundations of the world were formed, the lamb was slain. Jesus speaking of himself. The Bible says, before the universe was spoken by God into existence, he had given his life. I'm like, wait a second. You know, try to wrap your brain around that. It probably won't work. It's like when I was a little kid and my dad did Bible Answer Man every night before we went to bed. And I would be like, who, 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 who? I stuttered. Who, who, who is God's dad? And my dad would be like, he doesn't have a dad. He always is, always will be, always was. Like he's the same. And your brain just goes boing. Like you're just like, what? No, I can't. Like tilt, I can't think of that. The Bible says Before the universe was made, the Son of God had given his life. Why are we here? I wonder. Now, I'm not feeling well, so this this could be crazy. But I wonder if we're here for one reason. So that the God of heaven and earth, the God beyond our understanding, could reveal to the one being that bears his image and has been given an eternal soul. If he could show us what he's wanted to show us all along. And that is 
who he is. That's all. That we exist for one reason. So God can say, what do you think? And we go, wow. And he goes, right? It's, is it cool? It's, I, you're so beautiful. Thank you. I love you. I, I love you too. That's all. It's not complicated. And when we get to eternity, we're all going to go, oh, my word. I was busy thinking about denim. <laughs> I was so into fashion. And it was cool, but I, wow. I was so caught up in major league baseball playoffs. I forgot it was about how fickle are we, right? How funny are we? I was really into like jewelry down there. I know it sounds weird in light of you, right? But yeah, anyways, never mind. I was, I was really into like this raise. I worked like 32 years and I got this raise and we went on like this cruise. The Caribbean, you, you made it. Do you remember? <laughs> and I'm not... I'll pray for that cruise with you. I'll pray for the, the, the job raise. You've heard me say this before. I'm so down. Like, let's believe God. You, want, you believe God for children or you want a job or we're going to believe God you can go on that vacation. God cares about all that stuff and it's clear in the Bible that we can go there with God. That's why I prayed for my golf game and I still pray for my golf game. And I believe my prayers will be answered next summer. <laughs> Absolutely. But, but hey, let's not forget in all of our living, in all of our moving, in all of our vacationing, in all of our jobbing, in all of our adulting, which is a new term now, apparently. You get congratulated for being an adult. This is, what a great world. But let's not forget that the point is him. The goal is actually not to use him and walk with him as long as he gets you to where you want to go. You ever had one of those days where you're mad at him because you feel like part of the deal was that he was supposed to get you where you wanted to go and now he won't or he hasn't and you're like, you know what, God? You need a timeout. I'm going to give you a timeout, and I'm not going to go to church for a little while, and I'm definitely not going to read your book, because I'm not so sure about you. You haven't got me to where I want to go. Aren't we funny? We keep telling ourselves, if, if I'll get there, then I'll be happy. Only to get there and invent a new there. Am I the only one? You get there, and you're like, well, this is pretty good. But I've seen clearly now that I need, uh, I need to get over there. And once I get over there, that will be the there that will make me a complete person. And I will be happy. And then God gets you there too. <clears throat> okay, this is my second straight there that I've gotten to that have totally disappointed. But I'm sure I just need some more. And if I do, Chelsea and I were driving in the car a couple days ago. It's so funny, when I was a custodian at City Church, church home, 
I, uh, I used to dream about stuff, you know, writing books and doing different stuff. And, and I used to think to myself, ooh, that'll be, that'll be the days. That'll be the best. We're driving in the car, and I'm like, now I'm there. And it's just a lot of drama a lot of the time. It's a lot of pressure. No one told me that your publishers will be mean to you sometimes. <laughs> and you're like, oh, oh, that's right. It's still about Jesus. It's only ever about Jesus. What I think Jesus is trying to do for the disciples, which he's also trying to do for us today, is save us the pain, save us the trouble, save us the by saying, hey, it's about me. And when you get to where you're going, or you don't get to where you're going, you're probably going to experience the same emotional despair. You get what you want, and then you're like, ah, more money, more problems. Biggie is so right. Like, what? Oh, that's right. So I say, we use the disappointment or the trouble for not getting there or having got there to remember it's only ever about him. Can I encourage you today? Have you lost what you've loved? Have you earned what you've always dreamed of? And has it left you despondent? Has it left you disappointed? Has it left you agitated, frustrated, wondering, God, what? I thought, well, that's right. Let us recall, let us remember, let us rehearse. It's about Jesus. And this leads us to the kind of church I believe God's called us to be. Think about it for a moment. If we're already there, the, the big there in life. If we've already arrived and we're already there, then all of a sudden, how does that transform our dynamics of relationship? Think about the kind of church we could be if we actually internalized, digested, and believed that we had already arrived in life because we are home in Jesus. How would that affect our um, networking? How would that affect our interaction? I wonder if we would stop using people and start serving people. If all of a sudden, I don't need you to get me to that career or to get me that meeting or to get me that connection. Now, I just want to serve you. I don't want to use you. Our life and social media, of course, has enhanced this, but so much of the social interaction of our world now is I'll scratch your back, you scratch mine. I'll do this for you, and you do this for me. Is that inherently wrong? No, I don't think so, but boy, it can hurt a lot of people. I need you. Why do you need me? Why are we friends? You ever gone out to coffee with someone and thought, why are we having coffee? And you're waiting for the catch. Man, it's just great hanging out with you. Hey, by the way, what it, uh, just as we're taking off, can I get your number? I just, I'd just love to talk to you about 
here it comes. Here it comes. I wonder if we could be the kind of community that just felt a lot more like home than a conference room making a business deal. And conference rooms and business deals are not bad. I'm not saying that. But I wonder if we could be the kind of church home where it's like, oh, I, no, it's, it, it's okay. I don't, I don't need anything. I'm, I'm already there. Actually, I'm, I'm good. I, wouldn't it be cool as a church if we weren't trying to go somewhere, we're just trying to go to people? Wouldn't it be cool if we could be the kind of community like we're actually not trying to get over there. We're just trying to get to you. We just love people. The goal actually isn't uh, buildings and programs and projects and continents and countries and cities. The goal is just people. And actually, no amount of buildings and progress and programs will add any value to our soul because we're already home. We're already there. We've already arrived. His name is Jesus. He's the destination, and he's the way to get there. And so now what are we? We're free. For whom the Son sets free is free all the way. See, Jesus came to set us free from the rat race, came to set us free from being the proverbial gerbil, trying to get there and then get there and then get there. I'm all for success goals. I'm all for planning. I'm all for preparing. I'm all for retirement and saving up. I, I'm not against all that. As long as it has its proper place in the grand scheme of the universe, which is why am I here? To see him and to be wowed by him. For before the foundations of the world were formed and framed, he gave his life for us. Why would he, why would he do that? Because that was his plan all along. See, I, we're actually not, getting there is not the point, I can prove it to you. You remember the original design by God, the garden, which God knew would be compromised, but he built it anyways because he wanted us to see what this was for? Do, do, do you remember the garden? The garden of Eden, Genesis? Can I ask you a question? Did Adam and Eve have to go anywhere or were they already there? They were already there. In fact, I love how the Bible narrative introduces Adam and Eve. It's just like, uh, there was Adam and there was Eve. You're like, at what age were they introduced to the garden? Did you raise them as toddlers, Lord? No, they just, the narrative seems to tell us that Adam's just like, ba-bum! And he's probably the perfect age, like 39. <laughs> Come on, Judah, relax. You're definitely not feeling well. But they were just there, weren't they? They were just there, weren't they? They were just there. And where was there? The perfect environment with unbroken communion with God. And the orchards were reflective of God. And the animals, reflective of God. And the river, reflective of, of God. And the perfect climate, God. And the gold in the river, God. The great God. The leaves, God. The sun, God. The clouds, God. The blue sky, God. And what were they supposed to do? Just be there. What was their job? 
a little bit of landscaping. <laughs> if you're a landscaper, you are job number one, by the way. Right, like, oh, that's right. This life actually isn't to get there. Once you receive Jesus, you're there. And now you're free, free indeed. Not to think that stuff and things and accolades and renown is going to fulfill you. No, you have the fulfiller and he is filling your soul and your mind. He is the all in all. He is the beginning and the end. He is everything your soul desires. Look no further. You found him. More specifically, he found you. What if we could be the kind of church that actually believed that? That in the midst of turmoil and unrest and division, divisiveness, and all kinds of rhetoric that seems to be tearing at the fabric of being a human being, I wonder if we could be the kind of community that has a confidence, that has a peace, that has an ease, that has a rest, that has open arms. This says we found him. He found us, you're welcome here. Well, uh, is there a reason we're, no, 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 we're just at coffee to have coffee. We're actually here for caffeine, that's all. <laughs> I just like Americanos, and I like people. Well, what else are you gonna, we just love you. We just love you. We'll do, oh, it's like I met with a friend recently in LA, and he goes, Judah, tell me, so how does this work? You meet with people and then do you charge them? Is that how you make a living? He, he literally said this. Because you're, you're like, a, like a specialist, right? Like a, like, a, like a counselor. So like, do you build people like you spend time and then you bill them? Like, he'd never been to church. And I go, ah, nah. He's okay, then how does the church make money? Because you make a lot of money. I'm like, ah, not a lot of money. This guy makes a lot of money, by the way. Like, oh, people just give freely. Oh, 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 so you're spending time with me hoping I'll be uh, one of those tithers. Is that how it works? No. Yeah, but you're gonna need people to give. Uh, actually, God, we believe, is like supplies for people. Come on, man, for real. Like, you're meeting with me because you want me to join your church and be one of those givers, right? Because that's how you make, nah. Now I'm really hoping that you do come and you never give. <laughs> People are always looking for a catch. Can you blame them? That's just life. Looking for a catch. Oh, you're, you're here because you want me to be a Christian. That's why we met. Well, it's changed my life, but I love you regardless. Oh, so you invited me to your church home because you're hoping I believe like you. Well, it changed my life, but I love you regardless. Really, you do? Yeah. It's kind of one of our things about our church. Everyone belongs. It's, we love you. Yeah, well, but you're, you're hoping. Well, something's changed my life. I want to share it with you, but it's your own decision. I just, I love you regardless. Come on, I know you Christians. You, you're, 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 you're trying to convert us all. You guys are converters. <laughs> well, to be honest, we, we can't convert anybody. Couldn't even convert myself. So, I mean, if God's not real, then I definitely think you shouldn't engage. You know? But if God's real, he could probably show himself to you. And if he does, great. Just love you. So that, 
So like when you brought your family over and you brought food, it wasn't just to convert me. No, it's because you're a human and I'm a human and I love you. I just think it's kind of the big idea of humanity. Oh. You ever dream about living like that? You ever dream about just loving people? Red, yellow, black, brown, white, all precious in his sight. You ever just remove the getting there and accolades and pursuits and just kind of go, yeah, just love people. Imagine if you and I just kept living like that for a long time. How about 10 years of that? How about 20 years of that? How about 40? You just, I'm, in all, all the division, all the hate, all the, I keep telling myself, we're going to outlast this. The love of God, we're going to outlast this. We're just going to stay here. You want to know where to find us? You can find us at Rose Hill. You can find us downtown. You can find us so that you will still be here with all the rhetoric and all the sound bites and all the divisive tweeting and texting and Instagramming. We're still going to be here. What are we going to do? We're going to love our neighbor as ourself. That's what we're going to do. And instead of using people, we're going to serve people. Why? Because you're noble? Not at all. Because you're that kind? Not really. I actually feel pretty crummy today. But he found me. And he saved me. And he's the point. And now I don't have to seek there. I'm already there. So now what am I left with? The way. I'm already there, so now I just have the way. And if you've already arrived and you're just walking out the arrival, which you've already had. It is finished. Well, if it's finished, can we all go home now? Uh, the, the, the fight is fixed, it's totally finished, but I want you to walk it out. Whoa, well then, we gotta be the most confident walkers ever. I mean, people gotta look at us and be like, man, why are you so happy? Uh, do you got a minute? It's kinda hard to explain, it's like, it's like back to the future, kinda. It's already done, and Jesus made me righteous, and I'm already in, and I'm already there, and so I'm here temporarily. It's pretty brief down here, too, and I'm just kind of like, walk, so like, I can't, uh, how do I, I can't lose? I think that's how I say it. I can't lose. Well, but you lost your job. Yeah, but yeah, I did. I, I can't lose, though. I can't, so that's why I'm not really troubled. I, I can't, I know I can't find a parking spot, but like, I can't lose. I know like my back is out, but I, I can't lose. I know I'm sick, I, I miss my dad, but I can't lose. I'm gonna see him again, I can't lose. It's hard to explain, but that's why I got confidence, that's why I got rest, that's why I got ease, that's why I got an assurance, that's why I got smile, that's why I got joy that supersedes circumstances and situations and conflict and I, 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 the joy of the Lord is my strength because I'm already there. Am I preaching to anybody? I'm definitely feeling better since we've been together here in these few minutes. If you feel sick, just start preaching. Thank Judah, I'm not a preacher. Yes, you are. Whoo, I want to be a church home. I think we could be a home for humanity with an outlook like that, with a perspective like that, with lives like that, with love like that. Can I pray for you? Jesus we love you so much. You are so beyond compare. No one, no one, no one compares to you. Lord, I thank you for this 
extraordinary community. I thank you for church home. May we be a home for humanity. Lord, we don't ask for just more buildings and more programs and more services. We ask for more room in our heart. We ask for bigger perspectives. Enlarge our view of the world. And oh God, enlarge our view of you. Help us to remember why we're here. Help us to remember what matters most. Jesus, help us to remember that you in yourself have combined the where and the way. And now we're free. We thank you for that. If you're here today and you say, Jude, I'd like to follow Jesus. I'd like to exercise my free will and become a follower of Jesus. If that's you, on the count of three, I'm going to ask you to lift up your hand and put it right back down. The Bible declares that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him would not perish but have everlasting life. All it takes is one moment of receptivity and belief and acceptance of Jesus. He who knew no sin became sin so that you might become right with God. If that's you on the count of three, I'm gonna ask you to lift up your hand and put it right back down. One, God loves you. Two, you'll never be the same. Three, if that's you, would you lift up your hand all over the room? Say, man, that's me. I'd like to make that decision. Thank you. Thank you. Beautiful. 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 Anybody else? You lift up your hand, put it right back down. Lord, you see these hands. You see these hands. More importantly, you see these hearts. And oh, how you love us. You love us so much, it's... It's beyond us. I thank you for forgiveness. I thank you for new birth. I thank you for new life. I thank you for new beginnings that only you can grant and only you can give. And we thank you for that today. Secondly, if you're here, in a matter of moments, we're gonna dismiss, but if you're here and you say, Judah, I've, I've been troubled lately. I got pretty worked up about getting there. And I realize now that's, that's not the point. I want to leave here with a peace that passes all understanding. I want to leave here with an ease and a confidence and a rest that I have already arrived. I have already met the point of life in Jesus Christ, and he is everything I need. Jesus is enough. And you want to leave with that skip in your step. I'm not saying that all your circumstances will change, but boy, your perspective can change in one inspired moment in the presence of Jesus. And you say, I need that confidence. I need that ease. I need that peace. I need that rest. I don't want my heart to be troubled any longer with temporary things. And if that's you, would you lift up your hand all over the room and say, man, God's speaking to me. God's speaking to me. So Lord, we thank you. We hear your words this morning, let not your heart be troubled. So we speak to our heart and we speak to our soul and we declare that we have a confidence. We have an assurance. What you started in us, you'll be faithful to complete it. You are the completer. You are the end. You are the author. You are the finisher and you are everything we need in this life. And so we fix our eyes on you. You are the focus of our affection. You are the point of all life. Comfort your people. Assure your people today of who you are. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. If you're physically able or willing, would you stand with us? We're going to sing just for about one minute. But would you join us? And let's sing out what we believe about our God. Come on, church.